Hi, welcome to Prophetic Faculty with Prophet Bernard L. Bernard. This is week two, my experience in prophetic depth, and this is lesson two, part two, my experience in the prophetic ministry. In part one, our scripture um, was 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship with is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And in part one, we dealt with um, four main points. So I want to start from the uh, uh, number five. Number five is my experience as a prophet who pastors. When the Lord sent me to a full-time prophetic ministry, I knew there was a commission for me to gather people and pastor them for them to grow. And I remember when we were trying to start a church, I was thinking about even the name to start a church with. And finally, out of certain encounters and deliberation, we settled down on Spirit Life Revival Ministries. My first church member is now my wife, Mrs. Mimi L. Bernard Nels Nation. And uh, when we started a church, I had uh, Prophet Vincent Baraman, who has been my associate pastor all these years, helping me to fulfill this great commission. And I've had all kinds of pastors that the Lord has given to me. Now I realized that when I started a church, Every time I decide to step into the prophetic realm, I see that it brings a whole lot of people. So I saw that most of the people who came around were for the prophetic words and not necessarily because they wanted to have a relationship with Jesus. And I believe that the people of God are meant to be taught are meant to be trained so that they grow. So what I did as a prophet who pastors is to give more attention to the teaching of the word and to the preaching of the word. But I also made sure I don't lose the prophetic that I have. So I established certain services that these services were completely dedicated to the prophetic, like strictly prophetic, prophetic inquiry, all kinds of prophetic services that I've had. And our Sunday morning service was purely for the teaching and the preaching of the word. But I also believe that there can come a dimension where we can merge the preaching and the teaching on one side and the prophetic. And I tell you, when I began to add these two together, the ministry moved to a different level. So I realized that as a prophet, there is always the tendency for me to behave as a pastor where I don't give room for platform that will create that can be created for me to minister under the prophetic. I have seen men of God who were prophet and began pastoring and they pastored until they forgot about that dimension of also speaking into situation into the life of people. And over time, it looks as if they have lost their prophetic edge. Number six is my experience with father figures who took advantage of me. I mean, the Lord blessed me and the Lord has blessed me 
with a great prophetic ministry and also a teaching and preaching ministry. But I realized that no matter how anointed you are, you don't have it all. So there comes a time where you will need to bring other people in in order to help you feed the people so you have a balanced people. So I began inviting people to come to the church to bless us. And I remember a particular time when I brought a man of God from outside of Africa straight from Europe to minister for me. And I left my pulpit for this man of God for four consecutive Sundays. And uh, the last Sunday, I even have to launch the man of God's um, books for him. I did not know that this father figure was also eyeing the place um, I have for service. And strangely, he decided to get connected to the owners of the facilities and look for a way of even paying more. But God being so good, what I did was to move out of the place and leave the place for him. He could not even take up the place. We have to move, but he could not. The second experience I will um, share with you with father figures who tried taking advantage of me. This was another great prophet that I respect and I honor. I believe that his genuine call and I believe that his prophetic mantle and anointing has affected my life that any man of God living or dead. I brought this man of God to minister for us and it was very strange. The teaching of the word was awesome. We were really blessed by his ministry. But a few weeks after the man has left, I mean, he called me into meetings and he wanted us to have um, something like programs together where I bring my people to his place. We have all night. He bring his people. And I felt that that's not what God have called me to do. So I find a way to politely and refused um, those kind of invitation. Few weeks after, I saw this man of God had billboard all around in town, and um, was trying to even take the place I use for service and to do his own service. This became a very heated situation, and people began calling me. In the midst of that, other people were trying to influence me even to dishonor this great prophet of God. But I knew that this man's ministry has been a blessing to me. And number two, is a father figure. Number three, is the only prophet whose ministry has influenced my life than any prophet living or dead. In those moments of temptation where people wanted to influence me to speak certain things and do certain acts against him, I remember that I'm still a Christian. So what I did was just to fight for where I have my service, but make sure I don't touch the Lord's anointed. So I made sure I did not touch him, but I vowed never to be on any a program with this man of God. I respect his anointing, but I vow I don't ever want to have um, any meeting with him or, except maybe, I mean, we don't know the future, except maybe God speaks to me. These were the two examples, and these were father figures. And I believe that there was the temptation to react in a negative sense. When I had um, some colleague minister, minister trying to uh, advise me against him on how to handle him. But I use wisdom to 
to handle him. And so I did not insult him. I did not fight him. But I still make sure that whatever God has given to me, no one will let me lose it. In First Samuel chapter 18, verse 14, the Bible said, and David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. This was when Saul was trying to even fight David and, 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 and try to kill David. But wise behavior saved David. Many young people find a way of fighting father figures, even when these people might have behaved in a way that is unreasonable. My advice is never to fight people who have gone ahead of you. So I learned how not to touch these people, but in the second one, I learned how to take my place and stay in where God had called me to. Number seven, my experience with colleagues prophet. I've had the opportunity of being blessed by the ministries of various prophets within my, the nation Ghana and outside of Ghana. There is no genuine prophet who in terms of age or in terms of ministry, I can see as colleague that I don't have the person's material. I bought their books on, on Amazon. I bought their CDs. I bought their DVDs and all of that because I believe that um, at a certain point or season in life, it becomes very hard to receive from people you, you are in the same um, level with. But wisdom detects that there are things that other people know that you don't know. And so you allow yourself to learn from them. So I've learned from colleagues who are in ministry. I've learned from some of them their success story. I've learned from some of them their mistakes. And this has been very fruitful to me. But I remember an incident where a prophet got close to me. And I realized that this prophet is a great preacher of the word of God. And I realized that almost everywhere I go and I minister with this great prophet of God, he will find a way to destroy my name. Wherever my name comes up, he will find a way to destroy my name. But then when he sees me, he begins to behave as if that, uh, I mean, I mean, I'm the best of all prophet. And remember confronting him several times. And so I advise myself also against people like that who um, um, are your colleagues, but they begin to envy the little you do. And when you begin to show them respect and they still want to deal with I deal with them and I move on. The seventh, the sixth, oh, the eighth experience is my experience with young prophet. I mean, there are prophets who are, who are, I mean, who look up to me and I've tried opening my door to this prophet so that they can also benefit from um, our mistakes and our experiences. But I've seen that some of them come not with the right motive. Some of them want to use your name, want to use uh, their connections and, and, and their, their, their contact with you to make name. And some of them, after you have helped them and they seem to have broken through, they seem to leave you um, alone in, in, in this work and some begin even to refer to you as a friend. Number nine, my experience in dealing with accusations, rejections, and betrayal. Well, I have gone through series of rejection. I remember the first time I was invited outside my ministry to minister in a fellowship about 20 years ago. 
It was a prophet of God who is now based in London. And I remember a senior man of God telling this prophet, why do you have to invite this guy? In other words, I did not deserve to be invited. And I saw how many people, even my colleagues, were not ready to accept me or to let me even be part of whatever they call their clique. So I've gone through rejection. Rejection was also what God asked us to say. And that seemed not to favor some people. And, and they seemed to base on that and reject that. And this makes us to go through, made me to go through realms of loneliness. Well, when it comes to accusation, everyone will have his own share of accusation. Have you, accusations have been part and parcel of my life and my ministry. But the wisdom has always had to do with how I have handled these accusations. I've heard all kinds of things about my life, about my ministry, and I believe that accusations are just um, weapons of the non-achiever to make you to move out from your God-given purpose. So with all the accusation, with all the rejections, I have learned lessons about them and from them. If Jesus Christ was accused, who are you not to be accused? Number, number 10, my experience in handling senior prophet attacking my ministry. You know, funny, I've had certain established, well-known and influential prophet coming against me. I remember a senior prophet calling all prophet in the city of Accra and destroying me to all of them. When I heard it, I did not respond. I felt like responding, but I kept quiet. But at the right time, I handled this senior prophet of God. At the right time, I called him and I made him to know that all that he has done at my work, I will not, I will not insult him, I will not fight him, but I really, really had a wonderful time with this senior prophet. I remember another time too, I mean, that was just last year or so, I'm, I'm, I've given a prophecy about the former president of um, um, Cote d'Ivoire, Laurent Gbagbo, being set free. I mean, the daughter was in the service and there was a prophetic word in that direction. And in just a few months, the man was released and a senior prophet decided to build on that and find a way to attack my ministry. And I realized certain people around me wanted to even go and fight this guy. And I told them they should leave him. He's a senior prophet. If he thinks what he's doing is good, it's fine. But maybe at the right time, I'll face him. I mean, that is it. And, and I remember another senior prophet, very senior prophet. I mean, these are senior prophets. Some of them, when they started ministry, I was nowhere near ministry. I mean, I used to have a program I call Prophetic Valentine's Night. I realized that a lot of believers seem to do whatever they want to do on Valentine. So I decided to learn how to use the prophetic to bring people even into the feet of God during Valentine's Day to teach them about love, to teach them about marriage and relationship, and also to trust God to speak into their love prophetically in their relationship and in their marriage. And this senior man of God went about attacking me, asking me what is Valentine about the prophetic. I really wanted to respond, but the wisdom of God took charge over my life, and I realized it's not everything that you respond to. This is part two. Remember this prophet Bernard L. Bernard Nelson. You can contact me on plus two three three two four three two eight four nine one five. Instagram on Prophet Bernard L. Bernard 
and uh, Facebook on Prophet Bernard L. Bernard Nelson and Bernard L. Bernard Nelson Twitter on Prof. L. Bernard P R O P H E L B G R N A R D Prophet Bernard L. Bernard. Thank you. God bless you.